Welcome back to our series on spiritual gifts. Last week we talked about the purpose of spiritual gifts. We defined what spiritual gifts are. We talked about the proper emphasis of spiritual gifts. And we talked about the fact that in today's, in many churches today, many churches overemphasize spiritual gifts. And what I mean by that is God did not give us our gifts and abilities to bring attention to ourselves. He gave us our gifts and abilities to do the work of God, to edify others, to be a blessing to others, and to bring unity in the church. And the, the sad reality is, is that oftentimes uh, people go to church and they feel like they don't belong because they can't do what someone else can do. Someone says, oh, you can't speak in tongues? Oh, you don't have the ability to prophesy? Oh, then, and, and they're made to feel like they don't have a place. And this is a problem because God never gave an ability to us so we could make someone else feel that they're not useful or that they don't have a place. And by the way, God never gave everyone the same abilities. And we'll get around to, to, to discussing that in great detail as we continue through these series. But God made us different. But He gave us one body and one church and one purpose. And last week, we discussed the fact that there's an overemphasis on spiritual gifts in many churches. This week, I want to spend uh, the time emphasizing what God does emphasize. What is the main purpose of the church? What is the reason that we come together? And why does God give us spiritual gifts? What is it we're trying to accomplish? And it's very important as we continue to discuss this issue of spiritual gifts. And we're going to start, we're going to, uh, we're going to be talking about tongues. We're going to be talking about extra-biblical revelation. We're going to be talking about healing and other subjects. But before we get to those things, we need to get our purpose right. And we need to see what God emphasizes in His Word. So we're going to look at some key passages today. Each of these passages uh, in Mark, Matthew, Luke, John, and in the book of Acts... All of these passages are the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples after he had risen from the dead and as he met with them as he was on the earth for 40 days after his resurrection, as he met with his key disciples and he gave him his last, them, he gave them his last instructions before he ascended back into heaven to be with the Father, he gave them these last instructions. And we're going to read through these different accounts. We call these different accounts, we call it the Great Commission. The Great Commission of Christ before he returned to heaven. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16 and verse 14, the Bible says, Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, 
because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Christ had risen from the dead. The disciples had heard about it, and they still didn't believe. They'd spent three and a half years with the Son of God. He had told them that he would die. They were discouraged when he died, when he was crucified. They had not fully understood his message. Now he's in his risen body. He's appeared to them. And he's saying, why didn't you believe? Verse 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So he gives them his message, his final message. Hey, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Verse number 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following amen. What I want you to notice here about this passage in Mark chapter uh, number 16, that oftentimes there's an overemphasis on these signs that God said would follow these believers, like speaking in tongues. And there's not enough emphasis placed on what God told them to do. What he told them to do is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. His emphasis was not on the signs that would follow, but his emphasis was on the purpose of which they were to fulfill. You say, well, preacher, he mentions these signs, so why do you say that was not the emphasis? The reason I say that is not the emphasis I'm about to show you. Because we're going to look at four other passages that give us an account of the same situation. Let's go to Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28 verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things which are, I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So Mark gave us a record of Jesus talking to his disciples in his resurrection body before he ascended into heaven. Matthew gives us a record or an account of that same episode. In Mark's account, he mentions signs that will follow them. Matthew, there's no mention of any signs that will follow them. But both 
Mark and Matthew give us the record of the message or the command that Jesus gave to his disciples, and that was to go and to preach the gospel. Go and teach and baptize and teach them to do the same. We go to Luke chapter 24 and verse 46. This is another record or another account of Jesus speaking to his disciples in his resurrected body. The Bible says in Luke 24 verse 46, And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. He says here, he says, Christ has suffered and he is risen the third day for a purpose. For the purpose that people would repent that people would receive the remission of sin. To remit something is to do away with it. It's the same word forgive. He said Jesus died, he suffered, he died, he rose, that people would repent and that people would have forgiveness of sins. The word repent means to change their mind, to think differently, that they would turn from their idols that they would turn from their unbelief and turn to Christ for forgiveness. And that he should be preached, his name should be preached among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Jesus said, this is the purpose for which I died and rose, is that my name, my message will go into all the world. And he says, you are the witnesses of these things. You are to be my mouth. You are to be my feet. You are to be my hands. You are to take this message into the whole world. Jesus is saying to his disciples, I go to the Father and I am sending you. I am commanding you to go into all the world and preach. I'm commanding you to go and teach and baptize and to teach others what I have taught you. So we've looked at Mark, we've looked at Matthew, we've looked at Luke. In each of these places, the emphasis is the same, and the emphasis is on the purpose for the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ is that the gospel would be preached. Mark emphasized, or didn't emphasize, Mark mentioned signs that would follow the disciples, like speaking in new tongues. Matthew did not mention those things. Luke did not mention those things. Let's go to um, verse 49 of Luke. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. 
So he says to them, I want you to wait until I give you power from on high. Now let's go to John. John 20, verse 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Now, John chapter 20, out of all of these different passages, gives us the least information. But the theme and the emphasis is the same. In Mark, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. In Matthew, he said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you. In Luke, he said that the gospel should be preached, that people may repent, that, there's, that they be forgiven. And now in John... He says, as the Father sent me, so send I you. The emphasis is on not our ability, but the emphasis on his purpose. The emphasis is on his mission. We're to be sent. Sent to do what? To tell people about how gifted we are? To tell people, look at me and what I could do? No, we're sent to tell people about Jesus. We're sent to accomplish the mission of God, and that is to get the gospel out to every creature. The Bible says in the book of Luke 19, verse 10, the Bible says that Jesus came seeking to save that which was lost. That's why he came. That's his mission, and that ought to be our mission. In Acts chapter 1, and verse 7, the Bible says, And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now I just read to you verses 7 through 9 of Acts chapter 1. I've read to you five different passages we call these passages the Great Commission passages because each of these passages give us a different account, a different record, a different testimony of the same event. The event in which Jesus in his glorified body, in his resurrected body, met with his disciples, his 11, the 12 minus Judas, and he gave them his final instructions. In each of these five records that the scriptures give us of the same event, the emphasis, emphasis is clear. And the emphasis is, I've called you to do something. 
And what I've called you to do is to be witnesses of me. That's what he says here in Acts chapter 1. He says, look, I'm going to give you power. And the purpose of that power is that you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. That's what he said in Mark. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He said these signs will follow you. In other words, he says, I'm going to empower you to preach my gospel. In in Matthew, he said, go ye therefore and teach all nations. In John, he said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. In Luke, he said, the gospel should be preached everywhere. The emphasis is clear here that we have a job to do. And that job is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the world. The primary teaching of the scripture is to God be the glory. The primary teaching of the scripture is not to man be the glory. The primary reason that God gives ability to man is not so that man can lift himself up as being different from everyone else, but so that man would use those spiritual gifts and use those abilities to lift up Christ, to lift up the Savior, and to lift up the message that Jesus saves. What is so sad today is that in many churches today, many congregations of people who call themselves Christian, they spend the vast majority of their time and their effort talking about their gifts and their abilities instead of using their time and their energy to use those gifts to do what God has called them to do. I don't need to get on this TV program and talk to you about my ability. What I need to do is get on this program and to use my strength and my ability to tell you about a man named Jesus Christ who is God in the flesh, who is the Savior of mankind, who is to be lifted up. I'm not here to lift up myself. I'm here to lift up Jesus. And if you go to a church where the preacher is busy lifting himself up and lifting up people in the church because they have a certain ability. Oh, this person can speak in tongues. Oh, this person can prophesy. Oh, this person can do this. That is not the purpose for why we go to church. That's not the purpose for why God gives us ability. The purpose for why God gave us ability is to lift up the name of Jesus Christ and to tell the whole world that Jesus saves and to tell the whole world that in themselves they are sinners, they deserve hell, and they're going to die and go there if they don't put their faith in Jesus Christ. This world is filled with churches today 
who want to talk to you about speaking in tongues. They want to talk to you about prophecy. They want to talk to you about God spoke to me. God gave me a dream. But in many of those churches, they do not preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. In many of those churches, they tell you that you have to be good to go to heaven. They tell you that your works will get you to heaven. That is a lie. My Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And these churches are emphasizing what they can do, or what they think they can do, and not emphasizing the message of Jesus Christ. And I encourage you today, find you a church that preaches the gospel. Because if a church doesn't preach that Jesus alone is the way to redemption, that Jesus alone leads to forgiveness of sin. When a church adds works to salvation, trust me, they're not God's children, they're not born again, and they know nothing of the true purpose of spiritual gifts. You need to be in a place that's emphasizing what Christ emphasized. And when Christ, on five different occasions, met with his disciples before he returned to heaven, and he gave them his last words, the emphasis is clear. I died for you. I rose from the dead. And now I'm commanding you, as I go back to the Father, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit I'm going to empower you to do something. And what I'm empowering you to do is preach the gospel to every creature. That should be the emphasis of every church, of every pastor, of every Christian. Not, look at me, look what I can do. So as we talk about spiritual gifts, we got to get the emphasis right. Spiritual gifts are given to us to profit God, to profit His people, that His name would be lifted up and that His gospel would be preached. And if we don't put and understand spiritual gifts within that context, then Satan will use these things to deceive us and lead us astray. And he has done that in many churches today. We're going to continue this series on spiritual gifts next week. And we're going to start talking about this issue of tongues. What is tongues? What's the purpose of tongues? Are the tongues being spoken in many churches today? Are they biblical? Are they from God? We'll be talking about this subject for many weeks. I hope you'll come back next week and tune in to the Fundamental Hour. And if you missed our first episode in this series on spiritual gifts, I would encourage you to go to our YouTube channel, Fundamental Hour, get the message, watch it, listen to it. This is very important. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless you.